Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self-Worst Hello Welcome to another episode of Self-Worst I'm your host and your best friend and your boyfriend, Brad Pearson. It's a beautiful week here in New York City. As I'm recording this, the sun is blood red. The sky is an eerie, ominous, ashy color as smoke from wildfires uh, in Canada come down into the New York metro, and we're all advised to uh, stay indoors and it's not its bad to breathe. But I don't know what we're supposed to do about any of that so here we are just recording a podcast and uh it's fine this is i'm sure this is not just another uh awful thing that's going to get worse and just get normalized and we get used to it and nobody does anything about it and it's fine what am i supposed to i'm just a fucking podcaster man i'm i'm gonna be real with you i've recorded this intro a couple of times i keep screwing it up and having to start over and it's probably might have something to do with the fumes I'm breathing (laughs) I'm just feeling a little loopy this evening anyway I hope you are well I hope you're enjoying the beginning of your summer here we go smoggy cyberpunk summer 2023 let's go dystopia summer once again it's misty and foggy and it's all fucked up looking and where AI shit is starting to take over and things are creepy and there's a stupid looking Apple VR device it rocks life is cool man on the internet we're talking this week to Michael Stevens he runs a podcast called Everyone is Hot which I recommend to my whole listening audience um, it's they talk about stealth sex symbols in Hollywood you know, movies, TV, whatever. Uh, you know, people who aren't necessarily conventionally crazy hot. You know, not a not a Clooney, not an Ana de Aramis that just looks sort of like a cartoon character of just like perfect perfection DNA, but like somebody who's just kind of chill and has a cool vibe and is thus sort of fuckable in an interesting way you know people are into you know people are into all kinds of people are into judd hirsch people are into uh james gandolfini people are into bob hoskins and thank god for that thank god that there is another way that people can get laid other than their looks because let me tell you, I, I ain't I ain't getting by. I ain't getting out there, just just making eyes at people from across the club. I gotta really talk to somebody for a minute and be kind of funny, and it works out somehow, and that's great. You just you know if you're if you're funny and cute and be kind of dumb and 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 silly, then it's it, it's good enough, I guess. Anyway, uh, we had a really good talk, and uh, he's a cool guy. This was literally the first time that we actually spoke to each other. 
like at all um and just open right up we get talking about mental health and masculinity um machismo and being socialized male and all of the uh, emotions and violence and crazy shit that comes with all of that and uh it was a really fun talk um so let's just go to the recording and um i'm gonna go lie down but yeah uh your podcast um i that's that's how i know you i've never actually met you in person uh this is our first conversation we're just hopping this right is our into first it. conversation um, we're doing a morning show which is cool like i i don't typically record in the morning but like sometimes it's fun to do uh yeah uh, I've, I've done it before and it's it's kind of a different vibe um but yeah i know your show from uh my buddy gabe pacheco he was on your show talking about rosie perez oh my god I was like I was like, oh man, I mean, I love Gabe, and of course I love Rosie Perez. I mean, goddamn, but like, yeah. So I'll, I'll listen to this, and then I just kept, I just got hooked, man. It's just, it's just a fun show. Um, oh my god! But I don't, I, I, don't so I don't know really much anything else about you. Uh, tell, tell me, tell me about a little bit about like who you are, where you're from, what you do, what's your whole deal, man? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Bushwick specifically, like actually from Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Um. I do comedy. I do improv. Um, I work in advertising. Um, yeah. Um, Are you saying that comedy and improv like doesn't pay super well, and you have to like have a side hustle? Surprisingly, it does not. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's crazy, man. And my side hustle is like most of my day. Yeah, <laughs> as it turns out, it really takes most of your time and emotional bandwidth and i thought it was just gonna be a little bit like i do a little bit of work and be able to pay rent and spend most of my day doing what i want in the one life that i have but uh that's not how it turned out nobody nobody asked you to move to such an expensive city that you're from yeah you're right you're absolutely right once i realized it was expensive i should have hightailed it right on out of here said goodbye to my family and (laughs) that's what always kills me about like Anytime, like when people talk about like the rent being too high, and then like you get like dumb fucking you know guys with wraparound sunglasses in the comments, like, well, why are you living somewhere so expensive? It's like I don't know because I want to live somewhere with like jobs and art and culture and shit because I'm an artist and like I want to yeah. surround myself with people who are inspiring. I don't know. Also, like you can't tell like half of the population of the most populous city in the country to just like move to like what Akron, Ohio or some shit like, Oh yeah, you buy a house there. That's fine. Like, but no, that's not going to happen. You can't move that Uh. amount of people. Like (laughs) we have to live here. Sorry. Yeah. It's already, the city's already fucking here. Anyway, go on. No, no, no. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Um, Mm -hmm. well, I actually, I'm looking through some of the questions that you have. Um, and these are all, uh, great. Um, I didn't like answer them, but a couple, I think that might give you a little bit of context about who I am. Uh, I was raised Catholic. Um, uh, so that's a thing. Um, I am not very much a lapsed Catholic, but that's pretty much informed my entire being. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, like it's a mixed bag. Um, Let's see. Um, I have two older brothers and one younger sister, and that plays uh, a huge role in my life. Um, 
like my relationship with my siblings. Um, we're like all friends, but also like low key uh, in competition um, and like the most polite competition with each other. It's like, oh, which one of you is getting married first? Uh, which one of us is having kids first? It's like, oh, Daniel beat us to the punch. Congratulations. Love your kids. Um, slow down, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so that's uh, good. That that like yeah. it sounds like it has some motivating factors, but it's not like too much. For sure. like Because uh, that can that can be a toxic family dynamic too. You know, just the, the it can be uh, guilting into getting married, guilting into having kids, guilting into all of that stuff. Um, yes. So I like to think of us as like the Ninja Turtles. Um, that is our that is our relationship with each other. We're kind of like we make each other better. Um, it's not exactly a competition, but we're all a team. And we all do something different and special. Um, some of us better than others. Um, yeah, but yeah. You ever feel like you're the fuck up, or do you ever worry oh. that you're the fuck up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. All the, all the fucking time. Um. All the fucking time. And I'm at a point now. I'm in therapy and um, oof, another big thing to call mm -hmm. out. I'm in therapy right now. I've been in therapy Good. since uh, 20 August of 2020 and oof, so necessary. I feel like I'm overdue. <laughs> I, like I should have been in therapy. You said you started August 2020? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people started in 2020, but you know. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, <laughs> and like, that's for me, like, I'm, I'm kind of like a therapy veteran, but like, I knew a lot of people who started then and I was like, you know what, whatever it takes to get people in there, I'm almost not glad that the pandemic happened, but like, I'm glad that something happened to kind of like push people to like examine some shit, you know, like, yes. it's just like some, sometimes a pause is needed to, to have people do that, you know, and, and as somebody yeah. who's like, in therapy before and dealing with depression and anxiety before and then everybody started freaking out like at the beginning of the pandemic i was kind of like okay cool welcome to my house you know Holy <laughs> like, moly. Yeah. Like, i've been here motherfucker um Oof. but it, i i did try to go to therapy once before the pandemic mm -hmm. and it uh i had i didn't get the right therapist for me and that can happen that i didn't know at the time no one was saying like, oh, you got to keep going and keep trying. It's kind of like dating where like you figure out what works for you. Um, she was a well-meaning white lady and uh, she did not get race stuff at all. Yeah. <laughs> and like when I was going, I, a lot of the things that I talked about was uh, race shit, race in the workplace, uh, race in my relationships um race shit everywhere um because at that time i was very used to being like the only black person in most situations and she was just like yeah that's <laughs> you gotta get over that shit <laughs> um, uh, that's not ex that's not exactly what she said she said it way politer but right. um the way she kind of responded to it made me feel like oh like i'm i i know that this what this lady is saying is is not the right thing yeah. Um, and so I said, fuck this. This is like $300, uh, a month or a session or some shit like that. So, uh, bye. 
Yeah, I mean, if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. And yeah. that's the thing that, that it's hard enough in the first place to get people to to go see a therapist. And oh, then yeah. on top of that, I mean, therapists are just people, too. And oh, true. She's, yeah. I mean, it sounds like she's maybe not even necessarily a bad therapist. She just wasn't a good match for you. Didn't have. Yeah, you know, she wasn't your, a good match for me at all. Didn't have your life experience. Couldn't really uh, sympathize, harmonize with with all of that like just didn't have that you know and oh yeah and so like i know that a lot of people they'll try once and they'll have like not a or an underwhelming experience or even just like flat out bad experience they'll just have like a shitty therapist and then that they're just like okay well never mind like it was scary enough like booking the appointment and going in and you know i was nervous as fuck to like bear my soul to this person and then i did and then it and then it it went really bad, you know? Ugh. Um, and, and like, fuck man, like what, what can you do? Like, uh, uh, like my project, just like as a person, you know, not a therapist myself, but uh, as, as an advocate for mental health, um, is to just kind of try and push as many people in that direction as possible. And like, yeah, there's going to be some casualties, but like, you know, like some, most people I think are going to eventually like stick the landing. Um, some people are just going to be like, Oh, that, that wasn't for me. And they're going to go their own way. And whatever. Yeah. It, it really took the pandemic to like get me to reconsider it. And then mm-hmm. I did my research, found the right one. Um, I think she also had like a really good meta understanding of like black people, black men specifically mm-hmm. in therapy. Uh, I'll, to put a lot in few words, um, a lot of us don't fucking go. Yeah. Um, and she kind of understood that, um, that, that this was a new thing I was trying out. And I, looking back, I feel like her approach was, isn't therapy nice? Isn't that therapy fun? Like she was really trying to make sure I, I prioritize this, even if it wasn't with her. Um, she's like you need to like continue to talk to people and talk to somebody because um for me and i know uh, a lot of black men i feel like we tend to bottle things yeah and uh you know that's just that's just no way to live was what kind of like kept you away from therapy sort of like uh, like the idea of like oh, that's that's white people shit like that's like every yeah. every fucking asshole yeah. i know at the coffee, like, time. they're all the talking about their therapists and they're fucking blah 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 uh so many so it's like that one that's white people shit two expensive i have yeah. to pay for that uh three my parent um, i love my parents but like i've been raised to believe like you know if you go to if you go to therapy you crazy and so, like, I'm going to therapy, and my parents are like, we didn't do anything wrong. Like, what? <laughs> Michael, you're not crazy. Um, Was that and, their immediate response? Like, wasn't me. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> oh, God. Um, like, well, I'm sorry if I did something wrong. Like, Mom, Mom, it's fine. We should all go. We should all go to a ther- Like, uh, yeah. people in my family started going recently too which is also kind of uh, um, a nice thing um like my siblings started going and i'm like you know i don't know if my parents are gonna listen to this but whatever um i'm trying to make them go or just like talk to somebody do you Um, think that maybe you spurred them kind of into it like led by example you know what 
I'm going to go with that narrative. <laughs> um, my sister had tried it after, I believe. Um, and my older brother, Russell, um, he works as kind of like a... I like don't know his job exactly, but he's like king of the guidance counselors. Um, I'm just going to make it up. He's king of the guidance counselors. Uh, and so he, he has some kind of therapy background. He has a strong therapy background. I believe he's been talking to someone for a while, but we haven't been, we hadn't really talked about it as a family until very recently years. Like, oh, I'm going to go to a therapy session. And it's kind of nice to know. Um, I'm waiting on one sibling, <laughs> um, to start going. Is it the perfect one? The like the overachiever head. and like the one who's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I so don't know. it's my, fine. it's yeah. The, we'll say the overachiever. I'm not going to blow up his spot, but, um, yeah, he, <laughs> uh, it's really like my whole thing with telling everyone in my life, like you should go to therapy is really just like, yo. We like we all like me and my siblings, especially like and the people that I tend to attract in my life, like all hardcore overachievers, keep it to ourselves types of folks. And mm. uh, it's just so stressful and also unnecessary and so easy to talk to someone who is paid to listen to you and hear your problems and understand the trends in what you're talking about yeah. and then go back to you and be like, Hey, you mentioned uh, last week that this, the X was bothering you because like my, th like my therapist, she remembers shit that I straight up put in the trash dump in the fucking garbage compactor on my mind. And she'll be like, no, you mentioned uh, that, you know, you were unhappy uh, three months ago doing X and today you're doing X and you're probably not thinking about the fact that you were, uncomfortable or unhappy you're probably just thinking about you know the fact that you have to do it um and you know my special superpower um that i'm working to unmake in therapy is like uh i'm really good at being uncomfortable mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm really good at being in like a, a tight space emotionally physically and i just kind of Every day, I just body that stress, um, and it just—it's uh, something I wish I was less good at. Um, for some reason, I feel like being Catholic has something to do with it. But yeah, um, well, what's weird <laughs> is you know, there's the term the Protestant work ethic. Um, yeah. that's sort of like, you know, work is supposed to be unpleasant. It's supposed to be suffering. Life is suffering. You know, like you, mm -hmm. you're. It's there's a nobility in making yourself uncomfortable and sh shouldering the burden. And, you know, if you're in pain, that's your problem and you don't project that on anyone else. And like, that's what a good right. man does, blah, blah, blah. Right. Ugh. But like, I mean, yeah. I think that that's especially like that can be really imbued in, in Catholicism too. Like, I mean, I wasn't raised Catholic myself, but I know a lot of Catholics, um, you know, cause y'all tend to procreate. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, there is this sort of, um, you know, I mean, like the self-flagellation thing kind of, you know, it's, it's a it's a thing Ugh. in the in in Catholic history of yes. just, you know, self-punishment and uh, masochism, you know, like, yeah, that's 
that that sort of comes out in in weird ways. Um, this shit, oh, it's it's so fucking true. Um, this shows up for me in many cases, but where it's been showing up in recent years, in recent months, in a way that I, oh, I'm really trying to undo, and I think I've been doing an okay job. Um, this shows up for me in work. Um, when it's just like, oh, this report was late, or uh, this deck uh, has a typo, um, I'll be like, you know what? That's unprofessional. That's simply, uh, that's simply just not right. Uh, this is my mistake. Um, I am a bad person because of this mistake, and you have every right to fire me. <laughs> um, like, uh, I be taking shit way too seriously emotionally um and i will beat myself up about tiny mistakes worse than anybody will and part of that is catholic and the more i think about it the more i'm i am like all right there's gonna be a little bit of a non sequitur mm-hmm. um i should have mentioned this earlier i have ADHD, so i tend to go all over the place sure uh Same. <laughs> but um uh this need to self-flagellate comes from like Partially being Catholic and like generally how we all tend to be. The other part of it comes from being the youngest brother in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the third boy. So, and there's a seven year gap between me and my older brother. So, they, you know, when I first popped into the world, uh, they were my anti, they were my ops, they were my antagonists. Um, and my sister was kind of like a, a new ally. Um, but things were not easy. Uh, the first couple years of life. And so, um, you know, like older brothers do, they would t- make fun of me and, you know, push me out around a little bit. And I'm, on one hand, I'm grateful for uh, them. Uh, I'm not grateful for fucking being bullied as a, uh, you know, will never be. <laughs> um, but uh, they did give me the superpower of uh, just making jokes and the way I would try to make jokes is, like, I would often, like, put myself down better than they could. Because, like, for a while, like, before I'd start, develop, like, a kind of, um, ugh, I can't even think of the word right now. Um, there is a very easy term that I, we'll figure out in a couple minutes, probably. Self-deprecating. There yeah. it is. There it is. Uh, got it. Thank God. Self-deprecating. So I have a self-deprecating sense of humor. Before I really developed it, my brothers would just make fun of me. And I would just take it personally and cry. And then I would just start making jokes about myself, um, which made it weird for anyone else who would, like, try to make fun of me. What was usually the... um, Sorry to interrupt, but what was usually the the attack point of of their their bullying? Like, like... You're dumb. You're weak. Like you're oh, uh, all all of the all of know, it, whatever. all of it. Yeah, but like I got a good old Lunchables box of uh, insults that all covered like a different territory. Um, but the ones that stuck with me for life um, was that I was a copycat and I wasn't original, and I would just do what they did because, of course, I yeah, would do what, what they. That's did. what little siblings do. Um, is that um. And then uh, another term, they had a term that means nothing, a nonsense term that stuck with me for life that I think I want to get tattooed on me. Um, They would call me a slombo. Um, 
they would just say it in a way like, oh, you're a slumbo. Slumbo is not a word. It's not a thing. Um, but for years, this made-up term would make me so angry, so yeah. upset. And that would be the that would be the nuclear bomb that they could drop whenever they wanted. Like if we're fighting or some shit like that, um, that I'd be like, you know what? You're just a slumbo, and I'd I'd become like a, a little Hulk, and uh, it fucking. And the older I got, the more I was like, this is stupid, Michael. This is dumb. This is dumb. Um, and that's when I realized I'm I'm very I'm very easy to upset. Yeah, you get upset um, over a made up word that I mean it does it sounds like it could be a an insult or a slur or something, but it's it's yeah, so far as I know it's not. But it's a it if I when I get into uh so I, I perform clown on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um but when I get deep into clown stuff, I think that's gonna be my name, probably. Slombo the clown. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I wanna I wanna start owning that because like they really just like bugged me because it was easy to get a rise out of me. And that's really it. Like <laughs> my brothers love me and looking back on it, it's like, oh yeah, these motherfuckers did like, you know, take me to the fucking mall, buy me some fucking action figures. But they they just made fun of me because I was so silly and so easy to make fun of. Um it's and then so, we got like, older. Speaking yeah. as an older brother, like there is just this I'm five years older than than my little sister, and there was there it, there was just this like primal urge to torment her, like I couldn't help it, like I was just yeah. like, everything in my body was just like I need to fuck with this kid, I need to like yeah I need to go over there and slap her, I need to go like I need to like like go knock that thing out of her hand, I need to like I, oh my I, god I need to I like I just have to like it felt like the urge was just so overwhelming when I was a Yo. kid. Just like, so like, I mean to, you know, I mean, it's not cool to get bullied by your older brothers, but to give them a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, to, 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 to sympathize a little bit. Oh yeah. Just like, I'm gonna I, give, I, I, I could, I know that they just couldn't help it. It was just it every little, yeah. little, uh, fiber in their their little burgeoning masculine beings was just was just telling them to be evil. Oh yes, I absolutely agree, and we we joke about it now as adults because like now we're now we're all cool with each other. Yeah. Um, but that urge is very real, and I experienced it for myself when uh my sister started getting older. But the I think the difference is I'm two years older than her, so it's really not much of a mm-hmm. difference. Um. She has had to be the only girl in a family of mostly men. And so uh, that's a tough space to occupy. And so as a person, she's just naturally like tougher, go like a go-getter. She is not to be fucked with. Um, and I did not know this as a youth. Uh, so I learned the hard way. And I was like, all right, like my brothers dick me around. So now I'm time for my turn to be a tormentor and i remember the first day the first and last day i had that thought uh we were watching little mermaid and i was like oh shit now's my time to like jump in front of the tv and block what she's watching Mm -hmm. uh and do my little dance and so i was like ah you can't watch it and she punched me in the face so fucking hard (laughs) like Oh god, she drew she drew blood. Um, wow. 
it must have been like six and four years old. It was, it was. I didn't know my nose could do that, and then I learned my nose could do that. And after that, I was like, oh shit, like this is not going to be easy. <laughs> right. He was like, okay, so maybe maybe I'm not the bullet. Maybe bullying is not for me. I, that I'm not cut out for. I don't got that life. Maybe I don't have that in me. Maybe we started true. Sometimes, like for the most part, as we grew older, like there's, I I knew that like I was never going to be um, the same kind of older brother that uh, my brothers were. One because I'm not as older, and two because I've been socialized in a completely different. Like they were raised together as a package. They were on the football team. They did boy stuff, and me and my sister were raised as a package deal, and so. We did gender neutral stuff mm. because she was a girl and she had to have fun too. And she did like sports and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, like we baked with mom. Uh, we went shopping. We uh, watched ice skating and some of the best memories of uh, my life. But when it came time for like both sets of siblings to interact with each other, um, it was very clear like, oh shit, like, we are entirely different individuals. And like my parents were also entirely different individuals, like raising both of us. Cause uh, you know, the older set, yeah. they're much younger, early thirties, last set, late thirties, different, very different people. Um, like at that point, my mom was like, Oh my God, am I done? Is it over? Can I stop? And uh, then they were like, the doctor was like, yeah, you're, you're good. You're, <laughs> I, I think you're good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, cause I think, uh, masculinity and socialized masculinity is a big, uh, big old thing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've heard you talk on your own show about, you know, being, you know, just being raised in yeah. socialized male and, 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 and what that means for you. So, um, talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so when I think about my relationship with masculinity, I think of it very much like any like a uh, performance like a I some there's something in the world of like all like life is drag for the most part and so I was raised male socialized male am non-binary occasionally uh I'll use like he or say like I'm a man but for the most part I think about it the way uh you know Spider-Man thinks of Spot being Spider-Man. Like, it's a fucking mask that I put on um, to move through the world a little bit easier. But um, I I don't know. I've, I've always been kind of, like, masculine adjacent. Um, I've never really felt, like, from, like, a very young age, never really felt like, like, ah, I'm, I'm not a man in the same way that, like, my brothers are men. Mm -hmm. um, or in the same way that my dad is a man. And that's not to say I'm, like, less than or anything, but, like, I, like, I truly do not care about subscribing to, like, that, uh, I guess, uh, version of being. Um, and it's not because of anything against men or anything like that. It's just, like, it's not who I am. And so... In recent years, when we've started to develop a more, um, I guess, a more robust uh, vocabulary when it comes to gender experience, um, when I started learning about, like, oh, like, non-binary identities and that whole 
umbrella. I'm like, oh shit, like that's me. That's the first time, and that's also the first time I felt like, um, like I had a group of people that I could connect with. Um, largely, when it comes to the general state of masculinity, I feel like we're not in the best shape uh, <laughs> globally. Not so, um, not so good. Um, you know, at the annual conference for man masculinity, I'd say we're we're doing uh, pretty pretty bad. Um, and we could be doing a lot better, uh, which is why, like, there was a period of time as I was exploring uh, my own, like, non-binary identity where I was just like, I'm not a man at all. And I was, like, dressing different. I was, like, trying to reject, like, a lot of the fucking, uh, like, masculine shit that I had grown up with. And um, part of it was com comes from a place of guilt because, like, in the years where... I did walk through the world as a man and have kind of like sexist thoughts, like, and sexist behaviors, fake, like shit that is just normal uh, for men that I'm starting to realize now, like, oh, that's not right. Like, or you shouldn't speak about women this way. Um, like, I was a deeply confused and conflicted youth, but like, um, over time, you realize, like, ah, oh, shit, that's not, that's not really right. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess, like, now I don't want to, I want to, I want to own my masculinity mm -hmm. and be responsible for it. Um, I don't think I necessarily need to be like, I'm on the man team, you know, I am, this is me, but like, um, I, for some reason, I feel like it's important, um, in certain aspects to like claim that identity um or whatever version of that whatever that means for me like it's important for me to claim that identity and and be accountable um yeah. for because honestly like we're we're beings that contain lots of different energies just as we contain masculinity we also contain femininity and um through femininity and being able to embrace that more in my own in myself I was able to recognize my own strengths as a person. I was like, my strength, my strength doesn't come from my my masculine self. That's where all of my insecurities live. In fact, my strength comes from the fact that the people that I've connected to and been like, I want to be like that person, have been largely women. The like the most accountable, uh, the smartest, <laughs> cleanest, fucking like the best people, most emotionally intelligent people that I've encountered with have been women. Um, and so I like, I, I know I'm, I'm on a rampage right no, now, right. Um, but uh, recently I've started to visualize uh, what my, uh, what my masculinity and what my femininity looks like mm -hmm. if they were anthropomorphized beings. And I see my uh, masculine self as a, uh, somewhere between eight and 12 year old boy uh, who's got his hot wheels and does not know what he's talking about, but is trying to go in there and like uh, plant his flag and say like, I'm an expert on this and I know, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he's deeply insecure also. And then my feminine half, I feel like has to take care of that person, unfortunately. <laughs> and she did not want to have kids. Um, this is just some uh, child 
<laughs> um, that she found herself responsible for. Um, she's honestly my my feminine self is uh, Gina Gershon from Bound. Um, oh hell yeah! That is that is that is who I see myself as. Um, and she's got to deal with uh, all the the uh, I guess. The, she's got to deal with the the fucking child uh, yeah. that needs to still needs love. The insecurity, the chest thumping, the tantrums, yeah, the, all of that. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, come on, sit down, uh, sit down and read a book, read Harry Potter. About like, how oh, old guess, were you yeah. when you kind of decided, like, or kind of realized, like, eh, this, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be like one of these guy guys. Uh, so. I was probably in middle school mm-hmm. or homeschooled rather. I was homeschooled um, for middle school, <clears throat> which was its own. Uh, probably should have mentioned that earlier. Oh, yeah, that's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's a whole ass thing. Homeschool is, uh, <laughs> which yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, um, we can get to that. Um, was there? It doesn't sound like there was a whole lot in terms of like. Uh, shame or uh or feeling like because you mentioned like i don't feel like i'm less of a person or or like less of a valid person i'm just not that kind of guy which i think is cool and like it that's that's interesting because i feel like so many dudes of our generation like the the thing that's told to you kind of by just not by any one person necessarily in particular but just the overarching patriarchy is that yeah. if you're not a real man as a, you know, assigned male yeah. at birth person, then you are less of a, a person. You're yeah. less like, you know, just, oh. and that's really, that's, that's been fully like fleshed out. Like that idea has been fully embodied in, in recent years, I think in like what's come around with like, uh, kind of like alt-right sort of figures and oh yeah and call it like Mm. data mail kind of thing oh yeah insulting people by attacking their masculinity um and and by saying like you know you're you're kind of a little bitch and you're 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 not as much of a man and you don't have a like as big of a dick and you can't you know like uh, like all of that stuff is just so uh like like people thoroughly entertaining it's entertaining but it also leads to a world where like if (laughs) dudes feel like they are falling behind in some aspect of their masculinity it's oh my god they freak out you don't yeah if you don't if you don't like if you whatever can't get it up or if you nut too fast or whatever you fly into a fucking rage and like like it can get real bad like no we got a generation of travis bickles like just brewing which terrifies the shit out of me um like so when i was a kid we didn't have non-binary we didn't have any of that Mm -hmm. but i knew i was like all right i'm not like all these other guys um and then when i learned the terms i was like oh that's me and the i probably learned that around like somewhere around 2016 or 2017 Mm -hmm. is when i started learning the, the the vocabulary and, uh, but knowing the, like who, like where I stood in the world was like, all right, like there are a lot of things I'm not confident about. There are a lot of fucking things that I'm insecure about, but that is not one of them. It never has been. Um, 
And I think part of that is because I've interacted with so many fucking like macho men and like I feel like because I have such a um I have like a very uh I'm very close to my own insecurities, I'm very close to my own weaknesses, and it makes it easier to see what other people's are, especially when they're not fucking like self aware people. Um and I see that shit all fucking over the place and it makes that world of masculinity seem very like it, it's fucking flawed it's just like not a single one of you motherfuckers like has really grappled with your own being um in an honest objective way and it's sad and so it's always seemed a little immature to me and a little flawed it's just like this is why women be complaining women are not like be complaining about like masculinity like you are the problem with guys like like I have never wanted to be a part of it. I've never felt any uh, like shame about who I was because I'm like, all right, like I like ice skating. Ice skating makes me feel yeah. good. And if I couldn't watch ice skating, then I'd feel fucking deeply confused every time I watch a football game. Um, and I I know there have been places in life where I've been challenged by like macho men. Still happens to this fucking day. Um, and it's funny to me. Um, other times it's kind of sad, um, because I don't know. I want to see the good in everybody. Um, and I want to be friends with everybody. And I, I recognize like there, I don't want to say that masculinity in and of itself is bad. Um, because I've had like, great i've met great men in my life who've shown me like like how you should move through this world um mm-hmm. like my dad is probably my is my number one role model when it comes to uh masculinity and how you move through the world um as a masculine person because he's you know he's all of the things that i feel like uh most men appreciate in other men you know like oh he's strong he watches fucking football but he's also always been deeply um like emotionally intelligent um he's always been the parent who like whatever i did something wrong he'd be like all right let's talk about this mistake Mm -hmm. um and let's talk about why it's wrong um and that kind of more gentle approach um, is something that's always stuck with me and has been like, all right, when I grow up and grow into myself and start moving through the world uh, as a man, I need to, I want to make sure that yeah. I make people feel the way that uh, my dad made me feel. That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's so inspiring too. Cause it's like, I mean, I feel like I have, um, you know, as different of a background as I come from, um, I have a lot of the same experiences, um, just in terms of like, so I'm from the Midwest, um, and, oh, words. um, masculinity, uh, is modeled, you know, in a very, you know, it's like Friday night lights. It's, it's, it's football, uh, yeah. it's trucks, Good. it's <laughs> yeah. guns, it's, you know, it's stuff like that. Um, but you know, my dad, very similar to yours, um, you know, he's. 
he's a guy's guy. Like he likes football. He has a garage. He like, you know, is, he's got the yeah. pegboard with the screwdrivers in it and like all of that shit and workbench. And, you know, he knows how to do all of that stuff. Um, and he's like a traditional dude in most every way, but he's also really gentle, really soft spoken, loves animals. All animals really oh, that like rules. him. Yeah. He like he has this like king of the forest kind of quality where even like like really like nasty, sinister cats who don't like anybody will like come up to him and like he just has this like this oh. vibe, <laughs> this like real gentle sort of like tree beard vibe, right? Yeah. Um and you know, never made me feel like I wasn't being enough of a guy that I was, you know, being a pussy never made me feel like any of that. Yeah. Even when like I was like as a, as an adolescent, like I was going through, you know, something like fairly similar. I was like, I'm not like these like dudes I go to high school with. I'm not this like fucking meathead. Like I I'm a sensitive little artist boy. And like I, I yeah. idolize Kurt Cobain and I'm going to wear eyeliner and I'm going to, you know, like paint my nails. And, you know, this was like late nineties, you know, like when, when like oh, that yeah. was not the norm, especially no, in, like not a the fairly norm. like conservative Midwestern vibe. Um, and he was just, he was never like, what, what are you doing? He was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know. You're a teenager yeah. or whatever. And like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just so, um, I'm so lucky. And so I like, I feel really grateful for having that, modeled because the other models uh can be really uh just brutal and Yo. um <laughs> yeah. that's that's what you know like cuz when i when i look at like influencer people like uh i don't know like an andrew tate kind of guy like the mm. reason he resonates is because he acts like he has answers. He's like, well, I have money and I'm strong and I can beat people up. And like, you know, I'm, I'm always surrounded by women and I'm like powerful. And like, that's sort of like the final answer for like that mode of masculinity is like, I have strength. I have guns. I have, I can, you know, I can just kill you, you know? And, yeah. and like that's bottom line. And so it doesn't matter if you're smarter. It doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter really anything, you know, to these people, like, cause like, it's just, that's, they're not going to argue with you, you know? And, yeah. um, it's such a, uh, it can be a really scary world to traverse and I, it, it's, it's really inspiring to hear you um, talk about how you like really, you, you walk through it pretty confidently and we're just like not super afraid. Cause I'm going to admit that like I was fucking scared shitless. Like most of the time mm. in my adolescence, I was like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Like these people are going to fucking kill me. Um, I was scared and like still kind of feel that like a lot like today, you know, when I like mm -hmm. watch news footage of like, you know, packs of like proud boys and shit. Like I get that old feeling of just like, Oh fuck. Like there's, there's this like evil version of masculinity. That's like coming for people, you know? Yeah. And, and like is mobilizing and it's, is frightening and um also is like 
I've gotten older, like I've shifted and kind of vacillated a lot with masculinity and gender presentation and, you know, have gone from like dyeing my hair and painting my nails and stuff to like wearing a fucking like trucker belt buckle and like growing yeah. a beard and like, you know, and like trying to be more um, and, and like feeling more comfortable presenting in like a, uh, uh, you know, just, just dressing like a, like an eighties blue collar guy. Cause that's what I grew yeah. up around, you know? Um, and just like, this is, this feels comfortable. That's really interesting. Me. Um, and coming back around to that. Yeah. And like, um, getting into martial arts, um, I've started I gotta doing get into that. like, I gotta get into that. You should, I fully encourage it. Um, it's like, I've started doing, uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, jujitsu. It's really fucking fun. It's really cathartic. Um, and there's again, two sides to it because like the stereotype is that like, you know, like Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, kind of like this, like fucking yeah. MMA meathead, like punch a hole in a wall kind of guy. Right. Um, and those people exist for sure. Um, and you do sometimes have to share spaces with them and you do sometimes have to like, even like occasionally be like, I've been coached by people who kind of have that vibe and I'm like, I'm just not going to listen to their politics and just like take their word on like how to yeah. throw a jab cross, you know, like I'm just like, cause they're, they're good at that. I'm so I'm going to take that yeah. away and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to leave the rest. Okay. Like that's what, that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to navigate this. Um, but by and large, what I've found is like people in martial arts in general, but like we're, we're talking about men. So I'm going to talk about the men, but like, yeah, martial arts like the idea is it humbles you so like people come into martial arts with like having maybe been on like more of the bully like meathead watching football kind of guy yeah. uh and then they get their ass beat and then they fail and then they're like crying you know in their gi on the mat and then they get humbled and then they're like okay now i understand what it is to be weak and now I yeah. understand what it is to be like scared and hurt. And now I am not going to impose that. Like I'm not, I don't want to cause that on other people. And so like newcomers and people who are slower or weaker, they're a lot nicer to them and, and it's welcoming and it's very like, Hey, whatever. Like if you're, you know, a 110 pound girl, if you're, you know, like whatever, like yeah. come as you are and, um, take part in this, like, and, and it, it can be really nice. I think, yeah, you definitely sold me on it because the thing that has been keeping me away from that is like, oh, fuck, are the police going to be there? <laughs> like, sometimes, like, like, yeah, I mean, sometimes, but again, like, there, there's, there's people like that in like every space you go to. They like, are, they really, you know, really are. You like, can't avoid them. You can't avoid, like, there's, there's dudes like that in comedy. There's dudes like that in filmmaking. There's fucking just, just broy asshole, pushy guys, you know, and, and like, they're going to be there, you know? When they're but, closer to my lane, I don't take them seriously. I was like, ah, you fucking suck. You yeah. fucking goofball, you know? Yeah. Um, but when they could literally uh, break me, I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing is that, like, any gym that's actually worth a shit is, like, they they take safety and everything like that very seriously. So, like, yeah. 
the guy running the show, like they're not going to allow people to be bullied or harassed or, you know, be made to feel uncomfortable. Like you're, you're supposed to check all of that kind of shit at the door. At the and door. like, it's, it's, it's not about your ego. It's about learning the thing, you know? Um, and, and so like, I've seen it pop up once or twice. Like guys get kind of like chest bumpy during, you know, during like rolling and like same day the, the, the guy running the gym is like, stop that shit right now. Like, I don't care what you do. Settle this. You're not bringing this in here. That is not, this right. is, this is not a space. Like we're all on the same team here. You know, right. like we're not bringing hostility and yeah. like, you know, I, I did say earlier that it's like really cathartic, um, yeah. like punching a bag and like I've dealt with a lot of like anger issues, uh, especially as like an ADHD person, emotional dysregulation can be a thing like anger just Oof. like spikes like fucking crazy and like yep. turns red hot and you have this like. You know, it's like in uh, like Dragon Ball Z when they like power up and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's like yeah. a fire around. Like it feels like that. And you feel like you have to like get it out of you. That said, uh, fighting, you can't do it angry. You have to regulate no. your emotions. Like people think that anger would be an ally in a fight because it would like no, it fucks you power up. them. No, yeah, it makes you not think clearly. It makes you do stupid things. It makes you fuck up. You have to be calm. And so like... In, in every respect, like, you know, bringing that kind of like uh, chest banging machismo thing in, into like that space is, is not is, is no bueno. Mm. OK, well, I, I mean, in the world we live in now uh, where there's like an army of fucking Travis Bickles around the corner. Yeah. Um, I think it's it would behoove me to like take a self defense class because I'm I'm not trying to go into the Mad Max future without yeah. without some skills. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you know, I, I I try and not be too grim about it, and like I I was really in my head about this during like the whole pandemic with like yeah, you know the um like everything going on during 2020, the lockdowns, and there was you know uh, there was. Riots over the George George Floyd thing. There was pushback against that, and like the police violence, Oof. and then there was the fucking like the um, so much the the, the anti maskers and anti vaxxers like rioting and throwing a fucking shit fit, and then there was like the J six thing, and I was like, this is a very we live in a extremely violent country, and like I'm not a violent yeah. person, but the world we live in is violent, and I'm just gonna have to like roll with that, and um. If it makes like I know that there's this sort of fantasy that people have about a fight that they think that like they'll know what to do. Um, yeah. And to quote a very problematic person, um, you know, like uh, Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. You oh, know? yeah. And, yeah. And like that's sort of like I know that like there's this fantasy that you're going to like save the day and be this like lone badass. But like that's not how shit like that usually goes down. However, the idea of being somewhat keen and aware and prepared for yeah. some sort of violence to take place, I think is just, is just common sense because yeah. like, look at the world around us. <laughs> like look how fucking violent it is all the time. And, um, you know, and, and so like, I especially encourage like, 
uh, women, queer people, people of color to, to take up some sort of martial art because, um, you know, like the cops aren't going to fucking help you and uh, you're just going to have to learn how to like mm. defend yourself. I, it sucks. Like, but yeah, I, you know, like I don't, I don't know what else to tell people. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, my nephews are both in like MMA classes right now and there's a, I'm very relieved. I'm like, all right, well, at least they're going to go into the world. And they're going to know how to kick ass. And, you know, should the Mad Max future ever come and I'm like 70 years old, I know I have two bodyguards uh, yeah, who, who can have my fights for me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a class. I'm just going to take a class. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we, we can I talk got, about I it more. It. I can, I can, I can give you yeah. some recommendations of, of, of like sure. good gyms and good trainers. Um, but yeah, oh, um, I love that. Speaking of, you know, uh, uh, Mad Max and crazy futures and, and friend groups, uh, you were homeschooled. Let's talk about that. Let's get back into that. Why were you homeschooled? Yes. <laughs> uh, so I was really bullied in, uh, I was really bullied in elementary school. So things were not going well, um, in that capacity. And my mom had had, had worked at the school and she had had a falling out with like one of the people that worked at the school. And so she's like, you know what? Fuck it. This is a perfect, uh, it's a perfect storm. Like, let me just take my kids to homeschool. My older brothers have been homeschooled as well. Um, I'll homeschool them for for middle school since that's you know the grossest part of every child's life. Yeah, um, that's a good that's a good chapter to skip. Honestly, she's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with like this shit in middle school. I don't want to do deal with the bullying. I don't want to deal with you know. Any of the grossness. So like, she was a teacher, just... so she was already like qualified to do that. So she was like a like a school director, um, but she had like all the qualifications and all that, and so it already worked with my brothers, and so she homeschooled me and my younger sister uh, in middle school. But I feel like like the way we approached it was very different from how most other people do homeschool because. She didn't really have much of a plan outside of uh, here are like eight textbooks. You need to know all this stuff before you go to high school. Um, I'll walk you through some of it. But then after a while, I want you to just build your own curriculums. Um, and so that was what happened. You know, we built our own. We She walked us through maybe the first year. Um, and then we built our own curriculums. Um around like stuff that we liked. And so from the thing that we liked, we would have some kind of class or learn, um, you know, a subject through the lens. So my, the thing that I was like obsessed with at the time and probably still am now, um, comic, I like loved superheroes. I loved comic books. And so, uh, the things that I would read were like history. Um, so I, history, but like, uh, the spark for it would be like, oh, I'm reading about Captain America, so let me read about World War II mm -hmm. and like what was happening around that time to create the cultural uh, backdrop for this fictional character. Um, we did uh, math, like learning about measurements and how like comic books were printed. Um, I learned about like production and stuff like that. Like the internet was also like very uh, new at the time. Yeah. Um, I like to believe that me and the internet um 
were we were all going we were going through puberty at like the same time kind of so, yeah 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 <laughs> like the internet was getting like really good and so that is where i spent like most of my time just like learning and for some reason it like worked like i i taught i learned algebra like i learned all the shit that you were supposed to learn in homeschool um with like on a very long leash <laughs> like mm-hmm. um i did i socialized with other kids maybe uh like like once a year like during spring and summer um i was on the track team on like a, a cyo track team um catholic youth organization for for those that are uninitiated um and yeah homeschool was the fucking best uh, <laughs> yeah i I loved it. Uh. Um, you mentioned like on that note that you were um, on your podcast. On your podcast, yeah. you mentioned that you were sort of like a a late bloomer, and you kind of didn't come online, you know, um, so to speak, uh, uh, romantically, sexually, until like kind of a later oh. age. Um, I mean, so yeah, talk about that. Yes, ah, so. I didn't really come online until I like that term a lot. Uh, um, I didn't really come online until 17 um, romantically. Um, and I did like I lost my virginity in high school. Nice. But I didn't really enjoy sex until like my mid 20s. Um, wow. And so that aspect of like the pleasure like the fucking joy of sex the pleasurable aspect of it i did not experience until much later um uh so i guess what was in the way what was in the way other than you know Um, like being homeschooled and being catholic um (laughs) um so let's go let's go back let's go let's go back through um so High school, late high school, like, that was when I was, like, basically playing catch-up because I had never kissed anybody. I had never done, like, any of that stuff. And so uh, there was a girl that liked me. I had never t- told a girl that I liked her before or, like, had never had the feeling reciprocated. And uh, one day I told her, like, we took, we, like, skipped school. And we went to see Juno. Um, Great. And... I was like, "Hey, I like you," and hey, she's like, "Yeah, of I like getting you. pregnant." Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we saw the movie, and then we made out in the movie theater, and I didn't know what I was doing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was my relationship through the end of like senior year and into high school. Um, and when it came to like sex and stuff like that, I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had no fucking idea. Um, and then we broke up and that was my first breakup. College came along. Um, I was like, "Mm, I really, I guess I really, really don't like sex that much. Um, and I was like horny, but because I was Catholic and I probably talked about this a few times on the podcast, if I haven't, then this is the first time I'm talking about this on any podcast. I didn't really masturbate until like, and is it okay if I talk about this? Yeah, 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 absolutely. No holds barred. Um, so I did not masturbate until uh, until like late in college. And I had lost my virginity Whoa. before masturbating. Whoa. And once I 
big I found out about masturbating, I was like, what the fuck is this? Holy shit. That's supposed to happen. Oh, okay. And then after that, I was like, horny. I was like, all right, like, let's, let's fucking go. Like, I want to, I like, but at the time I was like, (laughs) I was in the drama club. Like I was, I was not that dude. I was just not that dude at all. Um, You would like never heard of, of jacking off. I heard of it. But I thought it was bad. Ah. I thought it was. I read a book about it, and I was like, I won't do that because that's what losers do. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. And you have to. You have to masturbate. But like during the years where people were masturbating, I was not doing that. And so when I had sex, I was just like, all right, you just go in, and then you you go out. Like it was. I didn't get it at all. Where did that I energy didn't... go? You yeah. were like in the peak of your adolescence, and you weren't nowhere, dog. It was it just all just, in there. Like, honest, I was I was on the track team for a little bit. Okay, and you so must that's have been probably fast. I was fast. I was fucking fast. <laughs> uh, and I just I didn't get it. I, I uh God. And then after that, uh, after I did the track team, a lot of it went into like characters. I was like, okay, that pent up energy. Just like, all right, I'm you know fucking fifteen year old Robin Williams. I'm you know, uh, fucking pinball pinball all over the yeah. place. Uh, when sexual energy doesn't go anywhere, like it, it has to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it ch- channeled into my creativity for many years. And then uh, after after I found out post masturbation, I was like, generally just had no chill with most people that I was attracted to. And that got in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I feel like I did, like, I had some sex, but didn't really start, like, having, like, the sex that helped me, like, explore and understand what I liked until, like, I was around 25 and on the apps and Mm -hmm. trial and error. Um, Because in many ways, like, I I feel like I had had been approaching it, like... uh, I don't know. They're like checkpoints you have to hit. I was like, oh, I have to have sex by, you know, a certain age. Otherwise, people are going to make fun of me. And I didn't really think about like, Michael, you have to like enjoy it. You have to like like it. You like you, you you know, there's there's so much. Like I would I definitely encountered the feeling of like if someone else like comes or whatever, then I'd feel like a little like, oh, success. Okay, someone else was happy. Great. Now I'm done. Now, you know, this is done. Um, And I never I didn't really see it as like, oh, this should be an enjoyable experience for everyone, including yourself. Um, But I think around the time I started dating a lot and experiencing like a lot of the chaos of uh, New York City Mm -hmm. romantically um, that. got me up to a, a point where I understood more like what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, like I learned a lot about what I didn't like. Um, yeah, I've been, impl- I've learned, I also learned like a lot of my own kind of natural, my cycles of like, there are periods of my life where I really want sex. And then there are periods of my life where I really don't want to be having sex. Or I really don't want to be doing anything. And 
learning that and accepting that and understanding that about myself, like, ah, oh, you know, you're going to fluctuate. You're going to feel a lot of different things. Um, but like, and in many ways, like I still feel like Catholic brain, um, because I want things to be right. I want things to be good. I want everyone to feel good at the end of sex. <laughs> um, but then there are some times where it's just like, ah, oh, this is a dud, you know? <laughs> um, I'm kind of, I'm tired. And that's fine too. Like the whole human experience exists mm -hmm. in this thing we call sex. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. And I, I'm just getting to a point now where I'm like, all right, like, you can feel many different ways about sex at many different times. Um, and it's, it's not a big deal. And it's important to like, talk about these things. Um, you know, talk about what you like with your partner, talk about what you don't like, talk about how you're actually feeling in yourself. So, yeah. yeah. There's so much more that I want to talk about and ask you, but uh, we need to wrap up. Uh, so, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Michael Stevens, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was this was beautiful. Uh, oh, thank where, you. where can people find you and your work? Uh, so you can find me on most social media platforms uh, at Saint underscore evens. Um, and I do a podcast podcast uh, called Everyone is Hot. Um, and you can follow that at Everyone is Hot Pod. That's every number one is hot pod uh, on all platforms and uh, look for the show on Apple um, it's it's a good show I think it's uh, what we talk about is an important thing fantastic yeah thank you so much thank you once again to Michael Stevens for being on the show and thank you for listening I love you I die for you I kiss you on the lips um and that's all. That's, you know, patreon.com slash selfworst. Kick in as little as a dollar a month and get some bonus stuff. Do whatever you want. Just become a donor and message me on there and tell me what you want me to do and we'll, we'll work something out. Follow me at Radical Pearson on Instagram and on Twitter for what that's worth. Follow the show at selfworst on Instagram. And get little cute little updates there. That's fun. And, uh, you know, rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, uh, whatever. Tell a friend. Screenshot the show. Put it on your Instagram stories. Tag us. You know, we'll have a little parasocial relationship. It'll be cute. And that's all. Until next time, enjoy your summer. And uh, I'll see you next time. Get out there. Just just get down with your hot self. Just, just feel, feel sexy. And be hot if you want to. And just do just do stuff with each other. That's all we got. The world is burning. Let's just you know, you know, I don't know. That's all. <laughs> uh goodbye.